This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale. And I'm Jim Ryan. And together, Jamie and I, we're taking you around the region to some of our favorite places, showing you what to do, where to go, and things to see. Today, Jamie, we're talking about one of my favorite things in the whole wide world. What's that, Jim? Snow. Ah, that stuff. I played it pretty cool this fall, not obsessing <laughs> too much about the forecast and everything, kind of like I usually do. But now that winter's almost officially here, all bets are off. Uh, I've already kind of been out a couple times so far this year, and I can tell you, Jamie, I am amped. I, I can tell. I can see it on your face. And this is where we differ a bit, of course, where you're not as into the snow. But Yeah, yeah winter for me is more about rainy day hikes and storm watching on the coast and hibernating in front of the fireplace, you know, that kind of stuff. I totally see where you're coming from, but I like to fall into my winter routine as well, and that involves getting up on the mountain as much as I can. And in doing so, I often team up, or at least occasionally team up, with my good pal Tim Brown, sports editor here at The Oregonian, and the one person I could find who's maybe more stoked than I am. Tim, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, fellas. I'm super excited for the snowboard season as well. I mean, ski season, I guess, for you, you're kind of jumping between I, the I two. I do a little bit of both, yeah. but Tim, Tim is uh, a big-time snowboarder. He's been known to get up on the mountain and, and even occasionally make it work up on the mountain. He's been able to go snowboarding for the Oregonian. That's always fun. Shoot a couple of videos and stuff, so... Tim, we want to kind of round up, if you will, kind of the stuff you need to know before you head up this season, starting with the very base level stuff. Anyone who's new to Mount Hood, say you just moved to Oregon, trying to decide where to get a season pass, where to take the kids, what to get into up on the mountain. We've got several resorts. Can you kind of give me a little bit of a rundown of what the scene is up sure. on Mount Hood? Let's just start with the Portland metro area, since that's you know where a lot of people are going to be concentrated. And uh, you've got three main resorts up there. Mount Hood Ski Bowl, which is kind of at the lowest mm-hmm. elevation. Uh, on the flip side of that, you have Timberline Lodge, which is at uh, the highest elevation. And then in between the two, uh, Mount Hood Meadows. Meadows is probably the largest of the three with a lot more terrain, it feels like. Um, whereas, you know, Ski Bowl, again, does have mm-hmm. very good diverse terrain. Um, and Timberline at the higher elevation will usually have a lot more high quality snow, depending on, you know, what the day is like. But I, I feel like like in my experience is a little bit limited terrain maybe a place to take the family right yeah something like that especially with the lodge and kind of all the history there timberline's a good place for for things like that 
Totally. And so where do you go mostly, Tim? Personally, I, I really like meadows because of the diversity of the terrain. There seems to be just a lot more sides of the mountain. That is when all of the sides of the mountains and lifts are open. That's going to be dependent on a good snow year for us, I think. So uh, we'll see when that gets underway and they're at full operation. But, you know, most of the time, I think uh, meadows is probably the funnest for me because there's just a good mix of park terrain, a lot of different parks at different varying levels. Then there's tons of, you know, off-piste kind of stuff that you can do that's really fun if you like, you know, that more free ride experience or more kind of savage stuff with cliff drops and good things like that, as well as the groomers and all that. It's the quote of the podcast so far, savage stuff with cliff drops. <laughs> Jamie, how's that sound to you? Uh, that sounds horrifying. Thank you. Uh, I'm curious, though, I mean, for people who aren't necessarily going to be on the mountain or maybe, you know, have friends who you want to go, but maybe just do some casual light bunny hill stuff. Which of those three places is the best spot to go for lodges, for lunch? For kind of drinks? the scene. Yeah. I mean, I guess I would go in that case, I would say probably Timberline because the lodge is fantastic. It's got, like we were talking about earlier, all the history. It's one of the oldest resorts, you know, in the state of Oregon. It's got beautiful fireplaces, excellent food, things like that. The price isn't as great, you know, um, both Timberline and Meadows can be pretty expensive. Uh, Ski Bowl's a little bit cheaper, which allows like if you're at an entry level and you want to go up a few times without breaking the bank, that's probably your best option. There's also smaller hills where people can, people with kids can go and kind of have a little bit less, less of a commitment to mm-hmm. take people up there because it's not as far as a drive. From Portland, if you're going there, Meadows is probably the longest drive, not by too much more. It's probably a little bit longer than uh, Ski Bowl, for example, is right there at government camp. So you can get there, get parked, and get out of the car um, in about 30 minutes under what you would have to do to get to uh, Mount Hood Meadows. And for reference, Summit Ski Area or Cooper Spur, for example, right. are two places where you could get into skiing or snowboarding a little bit lower of a price point, especially if you're taking, say, multiple kids or multiple people who are learning, going up there for maybe the first, second, third time. Definitely going to keep your costs down just a little bit. Those are both on Mount Hood as well, right? All on Mount Hood. So on Mount Hood, you've got Mount Hood Ski Bowl, you've got Summit Ski Area, Timberline Lodge, Mount Hood Meadows, and then all the way around the mountain, Cooper Spur near Parkdale. I think it's worth mentioning, too, that aside from those five resorts and ski areas, there's also a lot of snow parks where people can do cross-country skiing, snowshoeing, tubing, that sort of thing. Snowmobiling, if you're into those kind of things. I mean, there's, there's tons of opportunity up on Mount Hood to do whatever, you know, suits you. I've done a little reporting for a story that was published earlier this year. Uh, a ski season or snowboard season preview and kind of the the biggest headline item that is new up on the mountain this year actually isn't in play yet but Mount Hood Meadows is expanding basically they're putting up a new lodge Tim what's that lodge going to do about a year from now hopefully in December of 2020 I mean it's going to provide Meadows seems like the mountain I mean I haven't done the reporting that you have on this kind of thing but just in my experience especially in the last few years Meadows has been very very crowded so adding Sahel Lodge you know obviously upgrades the experience for those who are going to be spending a lot of time indoors uh, or waiting and watching from the windows as their kids Mm -hmm. hit the bunny slopes so that's going to provide just a a whole new level of accommodation, I would say, for guests that are there, not only to ski and snowboard, but folks who are going to be spending the day up there and and maybe waiting on folks or just want to have that experience up at the mountain. Totally. And I'll toss in one plug because I have been on the phone with the Meadows folks. I think they're pronouncing it Sahali. Sahali. Sahali, I believe. Sahali, Sahali, Dave Tragathon, uh, help me out next time, spokesman (laughs) up at Meadows. But I believe it's Sahali Lodge and that that project is going to be done in December 20. 
20. Does that mean I have to start calling you Jamie Haley? Uh, no, it does not. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tim, before you can even get on the snow, you got to get to the snow, yeah. right? You got to drive out of the rain, out of the city, get up to the mountain. And for some, that could be the hardest part of the whole day. What's your tips and tricks or lay them on me for getting to and from the mountain safely, efficiently, and without bugging everyone else in the process? I think the number one thing is if you're in Portland and you're a person that likes to ski and snowboard with, you know, with regular trips to the mountain, you're probably driving something that's like an all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive vehicle. That's the kind of thing because you're going to need to handle the mountain um, with regularity. If you're a beginner and you maybe don't have that kind of thing, it's just extremely important to probably travel with chains because conditions up at Mount Hood can change drastically depending on the day or or whatever storm is rolling in. Not to mention that there are a lot of climate changes as you're going up the mountain. What is rain in just outside the Portland area or in Estacada can then become really quickly snow, slush, ice, whatever else could really, and that's, those are the driving conditions that are the most, probably the most dangerous for drivers that don't have experience on the roads in those kind of conditions or don't drive them with regularity. So the thing that, you know, is always frustrating, I think for other drivers, and of course the drivers themselves that are in that position are people who are unprepared without chains, um, who don't have the kind of things that they need or don't understand how to drive in snow or ice that kind of back up the roads going quite far back. And then that, that ruins not only their trip, but everybody else's trip up the mountain. It's, it's just unfortunate when that happens. So I I wanted to ask uh, as, Two guys who go up there on the mountain pretty regularly, how often do you feel like you actually need to chain up? It's going to vary depending on what kind of the conditions are that you're going to be approaching up there on the mountain. But if you have a winter tire, you're probably not going to want to chain up in the first place. But if you're running all-season tires or something else, you're probably going to want to chain up a good portion of the time, Tim, if it kind of once you get above like rhododendron or zigzag, something like that. Absolutely. I think I think the important thing here is to just always carry chains yeah. or traction yeah. or have traction tires on your vehicle if you're going over a pass in which winter conditions are going to be present. That's just the number one thing. Yeah. Even if you're not going to use them or you don't feel like you have to use them, just have them in your car. Because if you get stuck or, or there happens to be an accident, you get stopped. A lot of times when the snow is heavy, chains or traction tires are required on the mountain. Yeah. So if you don't have those on and you cause an accident, you're going to be in big trouble. Totally. We're going to get back to more talk about ski season and what to do up on the mountain here after a short ad break. Okay, Jamie, so I need a little help. I have a real tendency when I go up to the mountain, go up to the mountain, ski to my heart's content, and buzz straight back down the mountain and get home as quickly as I can. And I I say it every year that I want to spend more time up on the mountain, enjoying the scene, getting some food. Help me out. Where should I go? What should I get into? I believe you're talking about the après ski scene. Something Um, like that, yeah. A phrase that I don't like to use a lot, um, but it is a phrase that basically means after skiing. And when you're talking about eating and drinking food around Mount Hood, the two towns that come to mind are Hood River and Sandy. And they're, depending on where you're going and where you're coming from, they can be, you know, more or less convenient. In my experience, Hood River is hands down the better of the two when it comes to food and when it comes to drink. Um, There's plenty of great places to eat in Hood River. Of course, it's got one of the best craft brewing scenes in Oregon. It's got a great wine scene and a great cider scene and great restaurants too. Solstice Pizza is great. Celilo is great. If you're going up there for breakfast, stop by Broder, Hmm. a Portland restaurant that has Broder Oast over there. 
And if, if you're in Sandy, though, I, I feel like Sandy is, is has got some good spots, too. But, of course, with Calamity Jane's just recently closing. I closed am, in November, man. Yeah. That's breaking my heart, to be honest yeah. with you. I love Calamity Jane's. Classic burger I can, spot. I can see Tim just getting down in Calamity oh, yeah. Jane's. Uh, that's your kind of place. Getting that s'mores burger. <laughs> I'm Ooh. not going that far. <laughs> I have, I will tell you, in my younger days, I did once eat the full pound beef burger. Oh, my. Oh, wow. Yeah. You're that's still impressive. here, so. <laughs> just barely. Bless you. Bless you. Uh, uh, but there there are some food carts now in Sandy, um, and that scene is, is happening a little bit more. But um, if you're going through, it's really more of a, a morning spot. Um, stop off at Ant Farm Cafe, get a breakfast burrito, um, or go to uh, Joe's Donuts, of course. Joe's is just my go-to if I'm it. looking for something sweet. Get one apple fritter on the way up to the mountain, I'm all set. That's it. And, and if you're doing some of the uh, snowshoeing or cross-country skiing um, or you just need gear, it's a great spot to rent gear for that as well. Up at Next Adventure and Sandy and some other spots in town there too. So, Tim, help me out one more. If I wanted to stay up on the mountain in government camp, Govy, if you will, where would you go for just a drink? Maybe you're going to wait out traffic and grab a burger something like that. Any suggestions? You know, I actually like, I'm a lot like you, Jim. I don't stop at a lot of places on the way back. Usually I'm trying to either to get up or get back as, as soon as possible. But that being said, I like to drive 26. I just prefer that route to Mm -hmm. go to Mount Hood Meadows when I'm usually on my way up there. I think in government camp, if now please correct me if I'm wrong, is the Double Mountain Brewery that they have that's right in government camp? Mount Hood Brewing Company. Excuse me, Mount Hood Brewing Company. That's right. That has been one of the better places that I've been able to stop in and have a beer it's comfortable the atmosphere is great in there i like it because it's just off the road so that makes like life pretty easy there's also ample parking and that's always been like a big issue especially on busy busy days outside of that it's really tough i mean it's like what jamie just said sandy is a place where you can eat there's a couple places to stay or eat in like zigzag but you know they're either expensive or you know it's it's bar food essentially so that's that's always kind of a, a tough stop for me i'm trying to get back as quick as i can most of the time <laughs> I'll, I'll put in one shout out for skyway bar and grill down near zigzag barbecue place on the right hand side of the road if you're coming down the mountain stop in and get a mac and cheese with a little pulled pork oh there you go won't be disappointed that's my one semi-regular or at least occasional stopping point on the way down the mountains so. you know you know what now that you mention it Dairy Queen, man. If you're if you're in for a cool treat, I will every once in a while stop for a butterscotch dilly bar. You know, I've got to have a dilly bar. Tim is down oh, to grill yeah. and chill right there. <laughs> I, I am in zigzag. Yeah, got to in zigzag. So, Tim, I, I got to say, I'm even more stoked now than when we started. It's going to be a good season. I can just feel it. We're going to let you go here for now and just kind of transition here to Jamie, where we always kind of talk at the end of the show. What you got going on next? Oh, what's next? Well, of course, with um, hopefully our glorious winter rains coming, it's uh, going to be a time where I'm going to be putting together a list of rainy day hikes. So I'm going to be looking for those those dense forests, that lush Pacific Northwest rainforest to do a little poking around in in my waterproof boots. Jim? Yeah, Not thanks. Bad. Jim, what, what do you, what's coming up next for you? I mean, what's next for me is skiing and ah. lo- hopefully lots of it. I mean, I've got, I, I bought earlier this year, a three pack for Mount Bachelor. So I'm trying to hit Mount Bachelor down in central Oregon a couple of times over Christmas uh, before heading home to Michigan for the holidays. And like Tim, I'm a regular Mount Hood Meadows skier. So I'm going to try to use my season pass up there as much as I can and maybe hit the other resorts too, if I have a moment. 
There you go. Before we wrap things up, Jamie, before we started recording here, you were riffing about your first time learning how to ski. I mentioned ah. Mount Bachelor a minute ago. <laughs> ah. How'd you learn how to ski or, uh, or did you at all? This is my one moment on skis in my life. Um, uh, when I was a kid, we used to go to Sun River a lot. And my family decided to go to Mount Bachelor to do a little skiing. My, my parents do not ski. So it's basically, you know, like Tim, like said, they sat in the, in the lodge and watched my sister and I um, go down the mountain. And my sister just like, she's one of those kids. She ran right at the top of the mountain and just blazed down. Took to it right away. Yeah. Um, and I was, in the, I was smaller. I was probably maybe, you know, six or so. And did the little, the class where they have all the little kids in. Oh, yeah. And uh, advanced to the next level where they were having us all in a line in our skis doing like the penguin walk up the hill. Okay. And I could not get that penguin walk down. And my this is my memory is that I slid backwards and knocked over the whole line of kids oh, and like no. dominoes. And I just I just remember the ski instructor just like pointing at me and being like, you need to get out of this class wow. and go to the lower level again. Wow. And I was so embarrassed and so uh, frustrated that I've actually never skied since then. Again, you said you got on a snowboard when you yeah. were when you were a little bit older, but still winter sports are not your thing. Maybe nah. dating back to those ski school days, man. I know. I think you need to talk to a therapist about this. Whew. Well, <laughs> now is not the time, nor is it the place, but you know. Thanks you, for bringing that back up, Jim. Oh, sorry, my man. Sorry. <laughs> It's just too good of a story not to tell. So anyhow, uh, that said, Jamie, I think it's probably about time we wrap things up. I think you're probably right. All right, folks. Well, hey, you can subscribe to Peak Northwest here wherever you get your podcast. Watch our videos on the Oregonians YouTube channel. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest. This episode was produced by myself, Jim Ryan, alongside Jamie Hale and Dave Killen. Many thanks to our guest, the always exuberant Tim Brown. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 Seconds of Zen.